This is Crafting the Short Story with your host, author and editor, Darren Todd of DarrenTodd.net. Now, let's explore the agony and the ecstasy, the magic and the mechanics of short fiction. Hello and welcome to episode 23. This week I'm going to be talking about short story markets. I had emailed Diabolical Plots, which, if you're unfamiliar, is the team behind Submission Grinder, a free-to-use, though they take donations, online tracker of markets and uh, submission tracker that's very helpful. Um, A lot like Duotrope. If you ever use Duotrope or earlier than that on paper and and then in digital format thereafter, uh, Writer's Market. So uh, very similar setup. So I actually wrote Diabolical Plots and asked in particular about a couple of different filter options that I thought would be good to have. The first one being excluding any markets that had a reading fee. It turns out when I heard back from them that this is turned on by default and it's hidden by default. That is just excluding those that have a reading fee. Unfortunately, there are still several out there who do charge. If you're going to submit to them, they just don't call it a reading fee. They call it, you know, processing fee or handling fee. Who knows what they call it? Some even say, and these are well-known, good-paying markets, but of course, it's a little easier to pay when you're charging everyone to submit, but where oftentimes it'll say, oh, well, we have the you know, premium submission method that's $2 to $5, somewhere in there usually, and it means we'll get back to you about acceptance or rejection within two weeks. And then they'll just remove the free submission possibility. So I guess that sort of skirts the filter of um, it being a uh, reading fee somehow. But anyway, the other one was the ability to filter between electronic and paper publication. This was important to me because as more electronic markets have come around and, and many paper publications have shut their doors there is a big shift in how people are reading, submitting short fiction. And therefore, my big concern was the logistical difference, sure, but also the difference, if any, in prestige between the markets. And I heard back from Diabolical Plots about this in particular, and he asked, well, I didn't put the filter in because I don't see what the difference is. Can you explain what you feel the difference is? So I'll do exactly that. I'm going to talk a little about what I think the difference between an electronic and a paper publication is, and I would like to hear from anyone else if they have some input on the differences. The biggest concern for me is, is there a difference in prestige? I mean, the old model was lots of literary quarterly magazines, magazines in in, in name only, really. They were more like, uh, you know, uh, small books, uh, that sort of thing, not any advertising usually through a college, and then they got money from either patrons or subscriptions. Five to ten dollars per issue, not cheap by any means, but again, no advertising either. And they had very low circulation. Some that were even well-respected might have only had a circulation of a few hundred. And they also historically paid very poorly, too. Most were either contributor copies or paid uh, token payment, what it's called, you know, 10 bucks or something like that. But there was always prestige with those publications. 
And I think that's you know much of what floated them is, and ostensibly they were getting enough submissions each month to be picky and to publish only really good work. And I'm assuming also it meant that they were free to edit and would liberally edit as needed, and maybe even with some back and forth with the writer who contributed to create a very good product. And there's also a logistical difference in print and digital only. With digital only, most of the time they are maintaining your work in perpetuity unless otherwise requested to take it down from their site. So that is a free digital or even pay. It doesn't really seem to matter. Digital publication will have back issues, uh, whether it's electronic for sale EPUB documents or where it actually lives on their site itself and can be read on the site itself, they'll usually keep those back issues. Though I will say most, almost all, will take it down if requested. So it's not an issue of the taking away the marketability of a work, I don't think so much. I am a little concerned about that if it were a print publication and they said, okay, well, you have this work and you say it was print, or you say it was published earlier in a digital publication, even though you say it was taken down, I could see a concern about, are you sure this isn't living somewhere online, essentially? And I doubt that comes up much, but I, I, I understand to a degree, and enough for it to be a concern to say, well, is it still out there somewhere? Now, the difference in print, however, I think, is that it's sort of a proof, though, isn't it? I mean, digital publications come and go. Paper publications came and went. But if you have a hard copy, you have proof that at some point in time you were published in this mag, there's your work, there it appears, and more than just proof. I mean, obviously, I, I, I've never been asked to prove, you know, I've asked, been asked for clippings when it comes to nonfiction work, but I've certainly never had someone say, oh, hey, you said you were published in this magazine. We'd like you to photocopy that and send it to us just to make sure that you're not making this up. And I've never had that happen, but I still think that there is something nice about actually having that hard copy, whereas if it is a site that doesn't maintain back issues digitally or that went under then you're just saying yes at some point in time i was published in this digital publication that no longer exists anymore and that doesn't live online any longer but again let's return to the question of prestige is there the same barrier of prestige because obviously the barrier to entry dropped precipitously with for one thing i think the the advent of wordpress it became almost free, and for some, actually free, if you're using Blogger or WordPress, the blog system as opposed to the overlay of, a, of an existing website, then though compared with actually having to put something on paper and go to press and mail things out and receive those things that are mailed and transcribe those, I mean, that's there are certainly a lot more man hours and a lot more risk and a lot more money that went into a nascent print publication that didn't go into or hasn't gone into a digital publication. Now, I shouldn't say about hours. I mean, I'm sure there are people who spent ridiculous amounts of hours making their digital publication magnificent. I have no doubt of that. But by and large, there essentially is no barrier to entry. So let's return to prestige. Well, I happen to know the people behind 13 Ways Magazine, which is a, a, a newer digital publication but which submitted its name, uh, I'm not sure if they submitted to Duotrope or not, but certainly to Submission Grinder, and very quickly they're receiving dozens and dozens of submissions. 
in all of the media that they accepted. Well, that's great. That sounds great to me because what that tells me is that as the barrier to entry for creation of publication has lowered, so too has submission. I mean, not that it was ever a huge issue or barrier to print and mail something, but it kind of was. It, you know, it was maybe uh, simply a pain to do so and a small cost to do so, but there is a huge difference between simply being able to click a button and send something. And I think some of the rigmarole has decreased as well. I think most people would agree with that, where someone might say, you know, if I've got to read this on paper, it must be this font with this spacing or I'll throw it out instantaneously. And you still have some pedants, certainly in the digital realm, who want it exactly that way, even though with a click of a button, they could change it to whatever font they wanted. But mostly that's gone. And the staff of 13 Ways then was able to glean the wheat from the chaff, just as a print publication would have. So it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that if a publication has put itself out there, a digital publication, even with a low barrier to entry, it doesn't necessarily mean that their prestige is going to suffer. Then there's the question of payment. So again, I think many of these print quarterly magazines made a token payment, contributor copies, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. But now that Submission Grinder shows a surfeit of publications that are digital online only, if you were to apply a filter of token payment or more, so they're paying something and above all the way to pro payment, you still get more than 300 markets. So I was surprised by that. I figured that most of these digital publications, because they are put out for free, would not be able to pay even anything. And yet, obviously, you still have several hundred choices of those who are at least contributing in some way uh, or in paying in some way for the work that they decide to publish. So maybe that is the future. Tons of markets, easy as all to submit to them, but though it is easy for them to create the publication, it is equally easy for all writers to submit to it. So hopefully it is the high volume of submissions that will ensure that a market maintains prestige through quality of content. As a little note at the end, however, there is still, I think, one thing that really surprised me, and that was that while uh, applying the filter for token payment or above didn't seem to minimize it much, when applying a filter based on length, now you still got tons of markets, but it turns out that I don't think those markets were being honest. When they're telling Submission Grinder, Duotrope, any of those publications, the maximum word count they're willing to accept, or even the type of work. They say short story, novelette, novella, etc. And the vast majority of the publications say, sure, yes, yes, we'll take novelettes and novellas. No, they don't. I had a, I had a short story that I was trying to find a market for that's about 15,000 words, which is long for a short story. I totally understand that. It's a novelette, I suppose you would call it. And I was trying to find the market for it. In particular, it was literary, which, of course, slims the market even more. And I found something around a dozen, maybe. And this was token payment or above digital or print, but that actually published something of that length via investigating their submissions or their website or whatever. That is a little surprising because you would think in the digital age when it is essentially free to publish something of any length because you're not paying for it to be printed. You're simply putting it on a website, so it doesn't matter how long it is. You could print 10 novels every month. It doesn't matter. Uh, Granted, you're, of course, expecting that 
uh, the person who is in charge of the publication has read and vetted these works. So, of course, there is that barrier to publishing much longer works. But I was surprised that there weren't more markets for longer short stories and novelettes and novellas because of the ease with which you might erect and the low cost of maintaining a digital publication, and perhaps that will change in time. I am happy to see, however, that many podcasts out there that are doing theatrical productions of short stories often favor longer works, and usually, you know, 10,000 to 20,000 words, depending upon the length of the podcast. Hour-long podcasts might only have three or four, or sometimes even a single or two stories to it, and that's, that's enticing. That's good to hear. So again, I'd love any other kind of feedback someone has on what they feel the differences are between a digital and a print and or print slash digital publication. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Again, check us out on iTunes, rate, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. This has been Crafting the Short Story with Darren Todd. Visit Darren online at darrentodd.net.